Welcome back to the Come Follow Me Read Along. Thanks for joining me. We're reading the scripture passages that go along with the weekly study curriculum of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. With generous permission from Thomas Wayment, the BYU Religious Study Center, and Deseret Book, I'll be reading today's chapters from Thomas Wayment's translation, which is titled, The New Testament, A New Translation for Latter-day Saints. This week we're doing the readings for September 9th through September 15th, which is 2 Corinthians chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus through the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the church of God which is in Corinth, with all the saints in Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our trials, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trial with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. Just as Christ's sufferings abound toward us, even so our comfort through Christ abounds. If we experience trial, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you will experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, knowing that you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of our trial which came upon us in Asia, that we were weighed down tremendously, so that we despaired even for life itself. But we felt that we had a sentence of death passed upon us, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead, who delivered us from such a significant threat of death, and He will deliver us. We have placed our hope in Him, and He will yet deliver us. You must help us by joining in prayer, so that many may give thanks on our behalf for the great gift bestowed by us through the help of many. For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we acted in the world in holiness and sincerity from God, not in human wisdom, but in the grace of God, especially toward you. For we do not write anything except what you can read and understand. And I hope that you fully understand, just as you understand us in part, that we are your boast, even as you are our boast in the day of our Lord Jesus. With this confidence, I wanted to come to you first, so that I would have a second opportunity to see you, and through your assistance to travel to Macedonia, and then back to you again from Macedonia, and be helped by you on our way to Judea. Therefore, did I vacillate in my decision when planning this? Do I make my plan according to human considerations, ready to say yes, yes, and no, no at the same time? But God is faithful, and our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you by Silvanus, Timothy, and I, was not yes and no, but it has always been yes in Him. For in Him, every one of God's promises is yes. That is the reason why it is through Him that we say amen to God for His glory. And God establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, who sealed us and gave us his spirit in our hearts as a promise. I call on God as a witness against my soul. I did not come again to Corinth in order to spare you. Not that we lord over your faith, 
but we are fellow workers in your joy because you stand firm in the faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 For I determined not to come to you again in sorrow. For if I make you sad, who would be left to cheer me up except the one whom I caused to be sad? I wrote this very thing to you, so that when I came, I would not feel pain for those who made me rejoice. For I am confident in all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote in great trial and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to make you feel pain, but to let you know the abundant love I have for you. If anyone made you feel pain, he has not caused me pain, but in some measure, not to exaggerate, he has caused all of you pain. This punishment inflicted by the majority is sufficient for him, so that you ought to forgive and comfort him, so that he may not be overwhelmed by excessive pain. So I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. For this reason I wrote to you, that I might test you to know if you are obedient in everything. Whomever you forgive, I will also forgive. And whatever I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be exploited by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his purposes. When I came to Troas to proclaim the gospel of Christ, a door was opened to me in the Lord, but my spirit did not rest because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I departed from them and went to Macedonia. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession and through us makes known the sweet smell that comes from knowing him. Because we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, a smell of death to death and to the other, the fragrance of life to life. Who is equal to these things? For we are not like so many others, merchants of the word of God for financial gain. But we speak as persons of sincerity in Christ, as persons sent from God and standing in his presence. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of commendation to you or from you? You are our letter of commendation, written upon our hearts, to be understood and read by all. And you reveal that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not in black ink, but in the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. We have this confidence in God through Christ. Not that we ourselves, sufficient to claim anything as though it came from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not based on what was written, but on the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. If the ministry that results in death, the one carved in letters on stone tablets, came in glory so that the Israelites were not able to gaze upon the face of Moses because of its glory, a glory that was concealed, how much more glorious will the ministry of the Spirit be? If the ministry of judgment had glory, the ministry of righteousness must abound in glory even more. For what had been glorious has lost its glory because of the glory that now surpasses it. For if that which became insufficient had glory— 
how much more glorious is that which remains constant. Therefore, because we have this hope, we speak with great boldness, and not like Moses who placed a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze upon what was coming to an end. But their minds were hardened. For until this day, the same veil remains when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, because it is removed only in Christ. But until this day, a veil lies over their hearts whenever Moses is read. Whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, and who behold the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one state of glory to another glory. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 Because we have this ministry, just as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced shameful hidden things, and we do not practice cunning or falsify God's word. But by open proclamation of the truth, we commend ourselves before God to everyone's conscience. And if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in which case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers in order to stop them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of our God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, but we proclaim Jesus Christ, the Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus. For it is God who said, Let the light shine out of darkness, who has lighted our heart to shed light upon the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in clay jars to demonstrate that this exceptional power belongs to God and is not from us. We are tried in every way, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always bearing in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus might be manifest in our bodies. For we who are living are always being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh so that death works in us, but life is in you. Just as we have the same spirit of faith according to what was written, I believed and I spoke accordingly. And so we believe and speak accordingly. We know that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For everything is for you, so that as grace abounds to more people, it may increase thanksgiving which is to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but even if our physical self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day to day. For this minor momentary trial is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory that is beyond all comparison, because we are not looking at what can be seen, but at the things that are unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen things are eternal. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 For we know that if our earthly home, our tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a home not made with hands, eternal and in the heavens. For in this earthly home we groan because we desire to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed, after putting it on, we are not found to be naked. For while we are living in this tent, 
we groan, being burdened, not from a desire to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. God prepared us for this very thing and gave us the Spirit as a guarantee. Therefore, we are always confident, even knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, because we walk by faith and not by sight. Indeed, we are confident, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Therefore, we strive to please Him, whether at home or away from the body. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that we may each receive what is due according to the things that have been done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, because we know the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But we are well known to God, and I hope that we are also well known to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but are giving you reason to boast about us, so that you have an answer to those who boast about outside appearance and not about what is in the heart. If we are out of our minds, it is for God. And if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ encourages us, because we are convinced of this, that one died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, so that those who are alive might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even if we knew Christ according to the flesh at one time, we no longer know him in that way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All these things are from God, who changed us through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, so that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not according to them, their sins, but entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, with God making his appeal through us. We strongly encourage you to be reconciled to God on behalf of Christ. On our behalf, God made him who did not know sin to become sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 As fellow workers, we urge you not to embrace the grace of God in vain. For he says, In a favorable time I listened to you, and I have helped you in the day of salvation. Behold, now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. We do not give a reason to stumble to anyone, so that no blame might be placed on the ministry. But in every aspect, we commend ourselves as servants of God, with great endurance, in trials, difficulties, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, hard work, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine charity, speaking truth, and the power of God. With the weapons of righteousness in our right and left hands, through glory and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors, but we are true, as unknown, but we are well known, as dying, but behold we live, as scourged and not yet dead, as sorrowful, but always rejoicing, as poor, but making many rich, as having nothing, but having everything. We have spoken openly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is open to you. 
There is no limit in our compassion for you, but there is in yours for us. In return, I am speaking as to a child. Open your hearts also. Do not be equally yoked to non-believers. For what partnership does righteousness have with lawlessness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? What relationship does Christ have with Belial? Or what part does a believer have with a non-believer? What agreement does the temple of God have with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will make my dwelling among them and will walk among them, and I am their God and they are my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch nothing that is unclean, and I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 Therefore, because we have these promises, beloved friends, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, and thereby accomplish holiness out of fear of God. Make a space for us. We have not wronged anyone, we have not corrupted anyone, nor have we exploited anyone. I do not speak to your condemnation, for I have said earlier that you are in our hearts to die and live together. I am speaking with great boldness to you, and I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort, overflowing with joy in all our trial. For when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were in all kinds of danger, fighting without a fear from within. But God, the one who comforts the grieving, comforted us at the arrival of Titus, and not only by his arrival, but also by the comfort that he received from you when he told us of your longing, your mourning, and your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. Because if I made you sad with my letter, I do not regret it, although I did regret it when I saw that the letter made you sad, but only for a short time. Now I rejoice that you are not sad, but that you were sad, which led to repentance. For you felt godly sadness, so that you experienced no harm from us. For godly sorrow results in repentance, which leads to salvation and produces no regret. But worldly sorrow produces death. Look what diligence this godly sorrow has produced in you. What a reasoned defense, what indignation, what fear, what passion, what zeal, what punishment. In everything you have proved yourself to be without guilt in the matter. So, although I have written to you, it was not on account of the one who did the wrong, nor on account of the one who was wronged, but that your diligence for us might be made manifest before God. Because of this, we are comforted. Apart from our own comfort, we rejoice more at the joy of Titus, because you have all refreshed his spirit. For if I have boasted anything to him about you, I have not been embarrassed. But just as everything we said to you was true, even so our boasting to Titus has proved to be true as well. And his affection for you is greater, and he remembers the obedience of you all, how you received him with fear and trembling. I rejoice because I have complete confidence in you. That's the end of chapter 7 and the end of our reading for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.